This conference will now be recorded. Good afternoon and welcome to the GRN webinar, Employer Insights Report, uh, the first one of 2021. Thank you all for uh, coming along uh, today and sharing your precious time. Um, I'm going to give an introduction just quickly to some of our new members, um, a little bit of background um, about who I am and what the Grand Graduate Recruiters Network uh, is all about. Um, so first of all, my name is Dan Hawes. I'm the co-founder of GRB, which is the Graduate Recruitment Bureau. Uh, we're the go-to platform for high-caliber university students, graduates and recruiters. Uh, established back in 1997 uh, by two graduates, uh, we have uh, about 40 staff. Uh, normally, they'd be all in our office uh, today in Brighton. I'm the only one uh, making sure all the computers are working and that they can work remotely. Um, we have been helping uh, many, many clients in that time, uh, approximately 1,800 uh, recruiters from all sectors, uh, companies uh, such as Post Office, IBM, Unilever, to name but a few, uh, and Ocado, but also uh, several uh, fast-growing SMEs uh, that need us to supply uh, graduate talent. Uh, our recruitment experts have successfully matched over 8,000 graduates uh, with full-time graduate level jobs and uh, we're hoping for a better year uh, than 2020. Uh, now I'm going to quickly move on to give you a brief overview of GRN or Graduate Recruiters Network. Um, for those that are new, uh, welcome. Um, if this is your first webinar as well, uh, we're delighted to have you along today. Um, this was actually set up by GRB back in January 2009, uh, initially for our clients, uh, but also our friends. So we work with a lot of other stakeholders, university career staff, um, researchers and other organisations uh, that are involved with graduate recruitment. Now, the aim is to bring together HR advisors, uh, HR business partners, recruitment directors and talent leads to discuss current topics uh, with a mix of relevant and uh, influential speakers. The emphasis is on the members to share best practice in a confidential environment, uh, enhance your learning, and ultimately help you become even better graduate recruiters. Membership currently stands at 2,904. Uh, we've seen an increase in the last four months by 525 uh, new members and uh, predominantly uh, FTSE 100 or fast-growing SME recruiters uh, across all sectors in the UK. So a real mixture uh, of individuals and organisations, which is uh, one of the unique factors of the GRN. Now, as a member, the uh, bonuses are that you receive invites to these webinars, uh, other special events, access to the LinkedIn forum, uh, we run uh, surveys and also we send out a quarterly newsletter. So uh, that's your free membership there. Uh, we also have extra benefits if you are a VIP member. Uh, we've got a few joining us today, which I'm delighted to, to see, um, from only uh, £299 per year. If we're in a real environment, they would be sitting at the front in reserved seating. Uh, but for the time being, we'd, uh, we're welcoming every member uh, along for our webinar today. So just to give you um, a, another idea as to kind of the mix of 
the level of seniority uh, within our members. I did a, a word cloud, looked a bit old fashioned, but I still think it quite accurately displays um, some of the, um, the, the, the predominant job titles within the GRN. So early talent manager um, is, is loud and clear there, but also a real mixture um, of engagement, um, learning and development, diversity and inclusion, um, and campus um, and other um, advisors within graduate recruitment. So really nice uh, mixed um, membership base there. So today we have uh, around 125 of you um, uh, booked in to listen to our speaker today. Um, today's presenter is a chap called Alex Berker. Now, he's the uh, market research manager at QS, a very large research firm, and he oversees the analysis and design of a range of research projects which they conduct throughout the year. This includes, among many others, their international student survey, which I'm sure you're uh, very, very familiar with. This is actually the largest survey of pre-enrolled international students globally. Um, so uh, that's a really, really useful piece of research. If you're not aware of that, uh, to tap into it. I'm sure Alex will be able to help you um, find that. He has over 10 years work, um, experience working in market research, and he's certainly well versed in drawing actionable insights from his surveys and experience working across a variety of sectors. So we're going to have uh, Alex talking about his employer insights report in a second. Uh, and this is um, a survey among around 13,000 employers uh, throughout last year, and hopefully we'll share some interesting learnings from how they uh, dealt with uh, last year as it unfolded. Um, after that, we'll have Q&A. Um, there'll be the opportunity for you to ask Alex questions. Please use the chat box for any of your questions and comments, uh, and I'll put those to Alex uh, when his uh, presentation has finished. Uh, there'll be then some uh, other business before we close, approximately uh, at 1.30 p.m. Now, this is recorded, um, and I know for some of you, you may have to duck out for meetings oh, yes. or maybe have to um, uh, Put the on, please. school some of your uh, children. Uh, so this will be available on demand. Um, you'll all get an alert uh, when that's uploaded to the YouTube channel. Right. So I am going to uh, pass over to Alex now, uh, make him the presenter. Thanks. Thanks very much, Dan. Um, hello, everyone. Hope you're all managing to to stay well. Um, I know it's not quite the is not quite got off to the start that we that we wanted here in the UK, but hope that's not putting too much of a damper on things. Um, thanks for the introduction. Just to reiterate, yeah, my name is my name is Alex. I've been a market research manager here at QS for a little over three years now, uh, and my my main responsibility is to manage the various surveys that, that QS uh, runs, uh, which includes the employer survey, which, which we'll get onto, but it also encompasses a, a much broader range of audiences. So he, he already mentioned I, I'm responsible for the international student survey. So we look at students, we'll also talk to academics um, and various professionals working within higher education 
uh, to get a very comprehensive view of, of, of the sector. Um, so I'll take you through some of the results from, from the employer survey, and we'll focus specifically on you know, what, are, what are their priorities when it comes to graduate recruitment. We'll look at the, the skills that they, they want to see from their graduate hires and, and you know, how satisfied they are um, with, with regards to those skills. And I'll, I'll finish off by looking at um, graduate business schools um, and how, how employers of, of, of business school graduates differ to the norm in terms of their um, priorities uh, and, and responsibilities. But before, before we get on to all of that, I just want to tell you a little bit about, about QS, because I know some of you, you know, may, may not be too familiar with, with the work that we do, and, and some of you may have heard of the rankings we produce, but actually we, we're a lot broader than, than just the rankings. So there are sort of three fundamental pillars which, which underpins our, our philosophy. The first of which is we, we want to help students to achieve everything that they can do and fulfill their potential by, by guiding them towards the most relevant uh, and best suited education pathways available to them. Um, and, and central to this is, is we believe that international students uh, and in particular international mobility uh, are fundamental to this. So we believe that by helping those students who, who want to study overseas, uh, that there, there really are shared benefits uh, to all of them not just for those students, but for the universities and for domestic students as well. We believe that you know, it's, it's beneficial for all. Uh, and finally, we just want to reiterate that we believe that by helping students and by guiding them and pointing them in the direction of the courses that are best suited for them, we're able to help them prepare for the world of work uh, and ultimately have more fulfilling uh, and successful careers. And we recognize that for many that that process starts at university. So in terms of how we do this, well, there's, there's a couple of different uh, channels and avenues that, that we go down. Firstly, we, we host a number of, of student recruitment events, which help uh, prospective students and universities from, from all over the world uh, to, to connect and to ask questions of, of one another. Obviously, prior to, prior to the outbreak of, of COVID-19, these, these events were all face-to-face, -face, but we've since pivoted these so that they're all um, taking place in an online setting. Okay, so no, it's not. Uh, we also host a number of uh, B2B events, which are aimed at helping professionals working in the higher education sector uh, to, to stay ahead of the curve by providing you know, top quality thought leadership uh, and examples of best practice to, to highlight the benefits of, of the sector. Um, our website domains in the form of topuniversities.com and topmba.com uh, help to give information to prospective students on, on different countries, uh, different universities, different courses, any kind of information that they, they might want to have access to. And I guess central to this is, is the rankings that we produce, which I'm sure many of you will be familiar with, and that really helps us to, to give a, a distilled measure of, of, of the quality of, of any given institution. Um, and finally, we'll help a, a range of universities with their international student recruitment. So we'll directly help them when it comes to converting those inquirers um, and, and potential student, international students that they get and converting them along that, that pathway to the point where, where they're actually ready to enroll at an institution. So that, in a, in a nutshell, is, is QS uh, and, and the work that we do. Uh, as far as today is concerned, um, I just want to give you a little bit of more information about the intelligence unit, which is the, the division that's, that, that I work for and, and the audiences that, that we speak to. So we've already mentioned the, the International Student Survey, which, which last year spoke to 
over 78,000 uh, prospective international students. We do a survey amongst academics, um, where, and that data will feed into um, the rankings that we produce. We ask them, you know, what are the best universities as far as as, as far as they're concerned. We'll work directly um, with over 2,000 universities and, and business schools in one form or of another, whether that's with, with student recruitment events or international student recruitments. Um, or, or, or consulting on, on their, their ranking status and how they can improve their rankings. And lastly, what we'll focus on today is, is our employer survey, which, as Dan said, last year uh, gathered over 13,000 uh, responses from employers all over the world. Uh, not only do those responses feed into the rankings that, that we'll produce, but we also get their views on, on universities um, and how they can tailor and adapt their strategies to ensure that students are able to enter the workforce being as well prepared as possible and with the skills uh, that they need. So just a, a little bit more background on the employer survey and then we'll get on to the, the results. So it has been running in its current form for a little over 30 years now, um, during which time we've got a, a huge wealth of, of trended data uh, with regards to employers' perceptions of universities and graduates as well. Um, it has grown. So last year we received over 13,000 responses from 100 different countries, which is, you know, a, a fantastic uh, database to have. We can cut the data in all kinds of ways to ensure that we're looking at the most relevant audience. Um, the sample itself is comprised of hiring managers within companies, or at least those with a say in the recruitment process of that company. It runs every year. Field work normally lasts from, from February to March in each year, which means that currently we're, we're busy uh, preparing the 2021 iteration of the survey so that will launch, launch shortly. Um, and obviously within that, um, we'll, we'll ask employers to, to nominate those universities which, which they feel produce the best graduates. Um, we'll then take that data and we'll combine it with a number of other sources uh, to produce our, our rankings. Separate to that though, we'll also produce a series of reports around the survey from more of a thought leadership perspective. Um, and you can download all of those reports uh, from the website there. And it's not just the employer survey, you can download the reports from the International Student Survey and all of our blogs uh, and white papers that, that, that we produce. So I'd, if, if you're interested, I would urge you to, to go to that, that URL, URL there. So just to give you a brief outline of the presentation, I've already been through sort of overview of QS uh, and the employer survey. What I'll then move on to is employer decision-making in a very broad uh, nutshell. It will just be some headline stats to give you an idea of how we see employers as, as making decisions on recruiting graduates and show those aspects of the process which, which they think are, are most important for universities to, to help students with. I'll then go on to look at what we, we term the, the skills gap uh, which very much focuses on, on on which skills employers think are most important for graduates to have uh, and we'll compare that to to how satisfied they are with the performance of recent hires on those skills to identify where there's, there's a, a mismatch and we'll lastly we'll finish by doing a bit of a deep dive on on graduate business schools uh, and how employers who recruit these graduates differ slightly to, to the norm because that's very much a specialist area which which qs um, is, is is very knowledgeable on Firstly, then we'll, we'll look at uh, employer decision-making. And again, this is just to give you a kind of flavor of some of the questions we ask within the survey and how employers worldwide feel about recruiting um, recent graduates. 
will focus on their priorities and what they're looking for uh, before before moving on to how they think universities can help their students prepare for, for the recruitment process whilst they're still students. And obviously, employers have a, a range of factors which they'll look at when hiring graduates and within the survey we'll ask them what their most important priorities are. These are, these are the top six. Um, so you can see there in the top right the, the most important priority if you like is, is previous professional experience which most is the most important priority for global for employers globally. Um, and I think the emphasis that that employers really place on, on this aspect demonstrates the, the value that they see in terms of exposure to real workplaces uh, and highlights, I think, the need for higher education institutions and universities um, to really facilitate and, and empower graduates uh, in gaining this type of experience, whether that's through internships or work placements or, or, or any other sort of avenue, I think it really highlights the need for universities to, to do better in terms of preparing um, students by, by giving them exposure to, to, to workplaces in, in more general terms. <clears throat> and I think it's also important to highlight that obviously these opportunities must be provided in areas which are of the right disciplines for the students. So you think target disciplines that is a very important priority as well. Um, I think it, again it further highlights that universities need to guide students and give them a, as much advice as possible to ensure that they're choosing the right degree for their chosen career path. Um, diversity is, is another important priority for a number of employers and it's, it's becoming more of an important priority as well. Um, so many of them now actively think about diversity as part of their hiring process for graduates. Uh, they can, they're really starting to see the, the value, I think, and the benefits of having a, a diverse workforce which can, which can bring a range of opinions to discussions and, and problem solving within the workplace. And that's becoming more and more of a priority uh, over time. <clears throat> the other aspect is that it, they've, they've graduated from, from highly ranked universities, which I think reiterates the need for, for global rankings of universities as they can really help in, in decision making for, for employers. And lastly, there's a few other things there. International experience, extracurricular activities are a priority for, for some employers, not, not so many though. Um, but again, I think it reiterates the need for universities to provide students with opportunities, not just workplace opportunities, but also opportunities to study abroad temporarily or for a semester or a term, uh, and also give them opportunities outside the academic side of things to ensure they're producing, you know, well-rounded graduates who are who are comfortable, if you like, at home in, in the modern workplace. But as far as, as, as this data is concerned, I think it's, it's really all about the previous professional experience, and I think universities really need to work to adapt and tailor their course curriculums to ensure that they're giving students the opportunities for that before they come to, to applying for jobs. Um, and that's really the, the overwhelming uh, stat to take away from this. Um, another question we ask employers is, is, what services do they think are most important for universities to provide their students when it comes to preparing them for that application and, and job hiring process? And what we've done here is we've also built in some data from our international student survey because we also ask students what services would you most want to see from a university to help you when, when applying for jobs. And you'll see there's some, some interesting differences which, which we'll come on to, but um, as far as employers are concerned, the, the most important thing they want is, is for universities to have 
uh, a service to review CVs or, or personal statements. That's nearly two thirds of them think that's that's the most important um, aspect. And the fact that it's such a popular option, I think probably indicates there's a, a certain level of dissatisfaction, if you like, amongst employers about the quality of graduate CVs that, that they receive. And I think there's clearly a need for universities uh, to take a closer look at how they how they can provide better training and support around CV writing and reviewing as part of their career services, um, because they need to teach students how to write an effective CV and how it and how that CV answers particular job skills gaps and how that can help employers. So at the minute, there's a, a very much a, a difference there. Um, another service which is which is of relative importance is is mock interviews. So again. It's important for universities to be able to provide students with these with with this service just so that they are more practiced in in communicating how they can help an employee and how they are right for for the job that's being advertised um, but i think when you look further down the chart what's really interesting is that students um see certain aspects as being much more important to them uh, than employers do so one-to-one -one meetings with careers advisors career related talks um, and you can see those require a much wider range of services. And I think that's probably because students need a little bit more um, guidance on their career path in, in, in more generalized terms. Um, if you think about it, these services are much more useful to students at the start of that process for finding a job or thinking about what career they would like to have. Um, so I, th I think it's, it's definitely more of a start of the funnel rather than the very end of the funnel. But nevertheless, I think it is worth employers being aware of that um, because that's that's very much the mindset of a lot of students which is they're starting at this from a much broader perspective than than many might expect so now i'm just going to move on to what we what we call the global skills gap um, this is very much something which um, uh, we published a series of, of separate reports on uh, going back over a number of years, um, and uh, and it's really with the aim of providing universities and employers and students as well um, with a sort of greater understanding of the gaps between graduate skills uh, and employer expectations at a very sort of top line level, uh, because basically we want to be able to show to universities the areas where they can improve and reflect on the responsibilities they hold to perfect prepare graduates for that world of work, but also to try and identify where their responsibility ends uh, and where employer training begins. But before we look, we go on to look at the, the results, I just wanted to think it's worth um, taking a step back and just examining what we mean by the term a skill, um, because when you go on the internet, there are various definitions. Um, Broadly, they all point towards a similar notion, which is that a skill is something which encompasses the knowledge, competencies and abilities to perform an operational task, or in other words, a learned ability uh, to perform a task effectively. And in terms of how we acquire these skills, again, most of these definitions point towards the value of, of education and higher education in particular. It's all about learning these skills through through life and through work experiences, yes, but also through through study. Um, so when we think about skills, it's clear that, that universities have a very important role to play. 
uh, in turn, and a responsibility towards their students to guarantee that they'll help them acquire the most relevant and best skills. It very much forms a sort of informal contract, if you like. It's very much a trade-off between universities guiding their students uh, and signaling to them the most appropriate and most valuable skills that they can acquire, but also teaching them how to develop and enhance these and communicate these uh, when it comes to applying for jobs. So with that in mind, um, I just thought I'd, I'd quickly show you the types of skills that we present to employers and students within the context of our surveys. You can see here that there's 15 skills we present um, and these encompass a range of different things. So I guess it includes some of the, the more hard skills, if you like, in terms of analytical skills, technical skills, um, but it also comes as a range of, sort of softer skills as well. So communication, organization, negotiation, some of these skills which are a little bit harder to, uh, to define and to distinguish, um, but it's important to have that, that breadth and that range. And when it comes to the to the surveys, we'll we'll ask employers a couple of different questions. Uh, firstly, we'll ask them which skills are most important when hiring graduates, and then we'll ask them how satisfied are they with the performance of recent graduate hires on those particular skills. And that arguably is is a is a quite a, a crude um, method <coughs> of asking these questions, but what it does mean is that we can easily identify those areas where there's the biggest gaps in terms of importance compared to satisfaction. So this is the order of importance, the different skills as far as employers are concerned. So you can see there the, the top three most important skills are, are communication, problem solving, uh, and teamwork. Although in reality, there's there's a very long tail there of, of skills which are deemed to be important. So I think it reiterates that universities need to be producing graduates who are very well rounded with a very full range of, of hard and soft skills. Um, but I think it's you can see the dominance of softer skills there at the, at the upper end of the scale as they're of the most importance. And it suggests that the role of universities is yes to provide them with these hard skills that, that, that can be utilized in a in a workplace, but also to ensure that those softer skills, which are sometimes a little bit less, less defined, um, as they're all essential to being successful in, in a working environment. What we'll do now is we'll build on satisfaction with these skills amongst recent graduate hires. Uh, and you can see that generally speaking, there's, there's a bit of a, a gap. Um, broadly speaking, they aren't as satisfied with the skills of graduates. As they would as as they are as they would like to be or as as, as they are important um <clears throat> and we'll, we'll move on to look at what are, where are the biggest gaps but for now i think it's just worth highlighting that there is a gap in very general terms and actually the thing that they're most satisfied with is is teamwork so whilst that's seen as uh, as an important facet it's also something that that graduates seem to be um very effective at um which i think is a good barometer of of, of course design uh, and curriculum designs as well. So when you look at the the actual skills gaps, um, the biggest the biggest gaps between importance and, and satisfaction, you can see that they're predominantly uh, soft skills. Um, it's it's largely problem solving, uh, resilience, uh, and and communication. And actually, these have been some of the biggest gaps 
over the course of the last three years that, that, that we've been asking these questions and doing this analysis, analysis as part of our survey. And we think that the consistency of, of, these, of these results is, is probably related to the relationship between those, those three of problem solving, resilience and communication, because problem solving is only possible once you've identified and conceptualized that problem. Um, and the process for identifying that is, is vital when it comes to your communication skills and being able to, uh, to communicate that problem to others. Um, and resilience, I think, is something that only really can grow after individuals have had a chance to overcome these problems. It's very much an ongoing process which takes them time and it's not necessarily something which, which graduates fresh out of university uh, are going to have. Oh, and just one thing, I think uh, it's important to mention that um, flexibility uh, there is, is the fifth biggest skills gap. We're going to very much keep an eye on flexibility because we think that's something that's going to become more important uh, over time, especially given, given everything that's happened over the course of, of the last 12 months. And we think that's gonna be something that becomes more important uh, as time goes by and, and students need to be able to, be, to work flexibly uh, in, in, in the modern workplace. Again, we can draw on data from our, from our international student survey uh, just to see how students feel ab about this because we asked them what skills would you most want to, to acquire at university that you think employers value the most. Um, and we just want to showcase that there is very much a mismatch between student expectations and employer expectations around which skills are valued the most. And we think it's very important to, to bridge this gap and to educate both students and institutions on, on which skills they should be cultivating to, in their students. So you can see there, students at the minute are very much underestimating data skills and flexibility uh, as well. And given the last 12 months, I think it's going to be very important for graduates to be able to, to work flexibly. So universities can play their part by introducing them to remote learning um, and remote teaching as well. And that's that's very much where that that process starts, but it's it's going to be very important for that to to continue. Um, and students overestimate, unsurprisingly, I think, the value of of leadership, which um, is possibly unsurprising given that employers don't need recent graduates to be leaders. They need them to be focused on learning how to solve problems and work as part of a team. Um, so, whilst I think it's great that the, the graduates have a lot of aspiration in terms of, of their leadership skills, it's possibly not something that that's as valued to, to employers. In terms of you know, how we want to be able to use these insights, we think that there is a bit of a lack of knowledge and communication between students and employers, and that's what's driving these gaps. Um, I think the responsibility to address this falls, falls on all different um, groups, if you like. It falls on, falls on students and on employers, but also on universities as well. Um, universities, I think, need to do a lot more to communicate to students what skills they should be developing and what will make them most valuable to potential employers. Um, I think this in turn means that universities need to redesign a lot of their courses and adapt them so that they can better fulfil those needs uh, of, of the labour market, but they also have a responsibility to guide the students in their decision making so that they're studying the right course for them and know that they'll the course I think will put them on the right career path 
that they that they've chosen. Um, and I think you'll that will take time, but you'll start to see that when students and graduates become job seekers, that they have a much better understanding of what the job market landscape looks like, what issues in particular employers will be struggling with, uh, and how their own skills can help address these, and how they, and they'll be able to articulate those uh, those elements more effectively. So I just like to finish very quickly by looking at at graduate business schools, um, because this is an area of, of particular interest for for QS, and it is I think something that we very much specialize in. Uh, we publish our own ranking of, of business schools uh, in particular, and we'll, we'll evaluate them in their own right, separate to the, the global rankings of, of universities that we produce. But just to give you a, a bit of, of background on them and the sort of the, the general measures that we that we collect, we think they're becoming more and more important uh, as more and more institutions are offering uh, tailored and specialized courses, um, which we think are giving employers access to a much broader pool of, of business school talent. Um, and from our survey, we, we found that roughly, roughly 20% of employers worldwide will specifically recruit business school talent, although there are some significant uh, geographical and, and industry variations. So uh, that figure is, is a lot higher in, in North America uh, and Western Europe. Um, and it's also a lot higher for, for certain industries. So um, those those industries around professional services, consulting, and the finance industry as well, which I, I don't think is particularly surprising to anyone, but it's, it's it's worth highlighting as well. <clears throat> and in terms of what programs are most popular um, for employers in in business schools, um, the MBA is I think unsurprisingly the most most in demand course amongst employers, but that's also supplemented by uh, executive MBAs uh, and online MBAs. So broadly speaking, most of those employers who do recruit business school graduates will look at one form of MBA or another and will value that. It is also worth highlighting though that masters in management and international management, that's that's a very popular option, but also uh, a masters in business analytics, which is increasingly popular uh, amongst employers. So it's clearly a, that's clearly fulfilling a a need from for employers worldwide, particularly when you think about the growth of, of various data sources and big data uh, in 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 terms of helping businesses. But it's, so when we look at MBA programs, we've just split that data out by different regions worldwide here, um, and we've largely done that just just to highlight that there's a there's a huge focus on North American um, institutions. They're much more likely to to recruit MBA uh, graduates from in a variety of, of ways, whether that's a full-time MBA, online MBA, or, or executive MBAs. Um, and additionally, the, the Middle East is, is becoming a, an increasingly focal point for, for MBA graduates and, and employers looking for, for those specific um, students, uh, particularly with, with executive MBAs. That's a, that's a highly popular option, is increasing all the time as well. <clears throat> but and lastly, we we asked employers um, which specialisations are are most important to them, uh, because I mean, depending on which industry they they work in, that can have a dramatic impact on 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 these results and which specialisations are most important. Um, but globally speaking, uh, leadership, strategy, and, and innovation are are the most prominent specialisations that they they want these these graduates to have. Again, I think that's 
relatively unsurprising given that they'll have to pay lofty premiums often to, to recruit these these kinds of students um, and they'll want them to contribute to these these particular aspects um, and particular uh, strategy there um, I think is very important to, to consider because strategic thinking I think is something that businesses often value very highly uh, amongst uh, or something that employers and businesses value a lot and something they'll be looking for in their business school graduates um, but I think at the minute it's something that there's a there's kind of a gap in in terms of business school graduates providing that service and having that skill and that specialization and it's not currently being uh, fulfilled so for business schools there are clear areas where they can tailor their curriculum um, to address those needs of the labor markets um, and I think it's very much around strategy and innovation where universities in particular need to, to lead the way uh, on, on, on their business schools and their business school students as well. So that in a nutshell is some of the insights from the employer survey. I would very much encourage you to, to go to QS.com and, and look at industry reports and download all of the reports that we've uh, published over the last couple of years. There's, there's a lot of detail there. It will look at the skills gap uh, breakdown by different countries, by different industries as well. So you can see uh, there's a there's a huge amount of detail that obviously I can't cover in, in half an hour, but hopefully will be uh, interesting to you. Lovely. Thank you very much, Alex. I know you've um, only had half an hour to give an overview of your uh, report and you've uh, given us some sort of tantalising bits of data there. Um, and it's going to be useful to to access that full report, which will be available uh, to all our members uh, via the LinkedIn forum. Um, I've got a few questions from members, if that's OK, Alex. Certainly, yes. Cool. And um, the first one is uh, 13,000 employers. Do you have any uh, breakdown of the type of employers, the sectors, the, the people you interviewed, that kind of thing? Uh, yes, there there should be a breakdown in the reports, um, but we we aim it to be we aim for the for the sample to be as globally representative as possible. Yeah. So I can provide if if they they need um, specific breakdowns in terms of numbers, I'm happy to provide that uh, after the call. I just don't have them uh, to sure. hand just yet. But yes, I can give a breakdown of industry. Um, yes, that and, and geographical representation as well. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Well, um, at the end, we'll um, get active on the uh, LinkedIn group. So, um, if you can answer any questions, sure, for members on the LinkedIn forum uh, later on uh, today or tomorrow, that'd be wonderful. Um, the second one was if you could go to your slide to show uh, this. Uh, la, 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 la. I think it was the how you universities are preparing students for employment is one of the early ones <clears throat> uh, this one yes so um, we've had quite a few um, members talking about this kind of surprised at the um, the variance in the value of um, sort of one-to-one -one, uh, meetings with career advisors um, and career-related talks, actually, between employers and students. Um, you know, it's obviously a golden opportunity for employers to engage with students. Um, so it's quite an interesting sort of disparity there. Well, I, I think it comes down to if 
for many employers, all they really want, I think, is is to um, is that when they get the application in front of them from a student, that they know that it's 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 of a good quality, and that when they interview that particular student, it's they're 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 well versed in knowing what their what their skills are and how they can how they can meet the job requirements. I think with those one to one meetings and career related talks, they're very much services that a university needs to provide for students and I. As I said, I think they're quite often, well, I'm, I'm basing this very much on my own experiences, but I think they're very much broader um, broader aspects. So it's more about what thinking about what kind of career um, would you like uh, and what, what, what career is best for you before they're even thinking about applying for jobs um, mm -hmm. and, and particular companies. I think it's, it's more broadly, what career do you want, want to have? Um, so I think it's more top of the funnel. So yes universities can can get involved at that stage uh, sorry employers can get involved at that stage yeah but i think it's important to recognize that for those particular um students that's very much top of the funnel they're, they're very much at the starting starting to think about what job they would like and what career they would like yeah whereas the cv is very much the end product of a, of a long yes. process yeah 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 okay good good um and also there's another slide about the top skills employers really value um talked about um professional experience being number one ah uh, the first one yes yeah yes yeah that was it thank you uh yes yeah, so um two things first of all has has that changed in say the last five years that order of um, preferences and uh, secondly uh, the, the, the the emphasis on professional experience you know graduates being able to hit the ground running so to speak are we going to see an uptick in um, applications for degree apprenticeships which offer the almost the perfect mix that employers are looking for yeah I, I mean uh, so in terms of the the first question um, the only thing that's, that's really shifted is diversity um, right. and that's that's becoming more of uh, an important factor and I think it's increasingly recognized by many employers as being yeah. um, truly valuable and, and bringing tangible benefits to their to their company so that's something that's increasing all the time um, as, as far as professional experience goes um, potentially yes I, I know here in the UK that's very much uh, something that's receiving a lot of attention right now uh, in, in the form of degree apprenticeships and 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 giving that you know that right combination of workplace experience but also um continuing with the, with the academic side of things so potentially yes um I, th I think i think it is being driven very much by uh, some of our sample who will very much focus on on business school graduates who they like them to have between three and five years of professional experience behind them before they've even started that course so I yes. think you've got to think about that as being a very globally representative view of employers, some of whom will 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 only be focusing on 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 business school graduates. And I appreciate they're very much a different kind of uh, that's a different kind of process than it is for those who are who are specifically focused on on undergraduate um, recruitment. Yeah, it depends on the course, like you say. Mm. Business is very much ingrained having um, sandwich placements or, or internships, whereas other more theoretical courses 
it's maybe less so or it's optional or it's really down to the student. Um, from our experience, it's very much the case that students see their career starting the minute they set foot on campus. Um, so they're, you know, building their skill set, um, making sure they're as employable as possible and universities are making it clear that professional experience <clears throat> is very, very important um, in whatever shape or form. Um, and it's interesting, I mean, we could almost call it commercial awareness as well. Um, and that, that brings me to the, the final point that uh, one of your slides there um, showing the lag. Uh, uh, that one. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. At the bottom, you've got commercial awareness being of relative um, low importance, I guess, but mm. actually exceeding on the satisfaction scale. That's that caught my attention, that particular. Yes. I mean, I mean, just just returning to what you were saying about um, students being very uh, career oriented the second they put their foot in the door. That's something that we very much see in our international student survey. When we ask them right. to think about what's important to them when choosing a course, um, often career considerations come up as one of the most important, if not the most important thing for them. So yeah. it's it, for, for many, it's even before they even set foot in the door. It's when they're in that application stage before they've even right. arrived at university that they're thinking about about their careers. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as the uh, commercial awareness um, goes, I, it did catch my eye as well when I was looking at these results. Um, I think for, for many, it's it, with they, they're interpreting commercial awareness as a sort of um, very much sort of uh, sales oriented um, aspect of that. So it, for many, that, that won't be relevant for the role that they're going into. Um, all they'll really be looking for is for them to be able to work as part of a team in, in more um, strategic terms rather than specifically looking at, at, at that sales element. I think that's that's how that's being interpreted by employers in the context of the survey. So, so the difference being they kind of understand how, how a company makes profit and the inner workings of an office and the culture and exactly. things like that, that kind of yeah. awareness rather than professional experience is a much broader term, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, um, we've had a few more um, comments here and uh, yeah, they're kind of alluding to getting more detail. So, you know, um, if you can share that a bit later on, that'll be wonderful for our members just to drill down sure. to certain things that are going to be most relevant to them. Um, now, I just want to uh, find out, I think I've covered, there's a few more questions coming through, but we're going to be running out of time shortly. I'm, I'm interested to know uh, from you, Alex, what was the most surprising thing from this report for you this time round? Um, the, uh, the, the most surprising thing, um, I think, was um, when we look at that first question, you look at previous professional experience. Um, yeah. and, and I will admit this is the first time I've worked on the employer survey uh, side of things this year. Um, but just to see, because I didn't show the actual percentage scores, but that is that is considerably or significantly higher than the second most important aspect, which was which was experience in target disciplines. Um, it's it's very much the, the the most important and for some the only thing that they will consider as previous professional experience. So I, I think it it really highlights the need for universities to take a, a fundamental look at at their course and curriculum designs. 
yeah. because it's it's just not an option for too many students at the minute. And I think that's where there's the biggest um, dissonance, if you like, between between the the three different groups or participate participating groups here. I mean, you think about university students and employers. So for me, that that was that was the thing which was most stark, if you like. And I think that's that's what needs to be the biggest change. Great, Alex. Thank you very much for that. We appreciate you uh, sharing those um, findings, giving us uh, some information to help our members. Uh, today. Um, as I said, we're going to be um, putting this onto our LinkedIn forum so members can access um, uh, the, the speaker today uh, and ask any questions that you may not have had the opportunity uh, to do so. Um, we also have recorded this, as I've said many times before, just so our members can access this on demand. Uh, or if they've had to duck out for, for various reasons, um, or for those people who were unable to attend today, uh, welcome to you, and uh, this is uh, gonna be updated very, very shortly. Uh, finally, just other business, our next webinar will be on Wednesday the 10th of February. Uh, this time we'll be having uh, our presenter presenting the view from campus, lessons from 2020. Uh, this will be with uh, Lynn hamilton Gow from Institute of Chartered Accountants, England and Wales. Uh, she'll be sharing her findings from activities on campus uh, remotely, for the most part, I imagine, uh, from students, uh, graduates and employers. So some really interesting lessons there uh, as we move into the next recruiting season. Uh, finally, uh, some of you may already be aware of this um, uh, website. Uh, called graduatementor.uk. This is a platform we launched back in August, um, designed exclusively uh, for graduates who are looking for one-to-one -one career mentoring. Uh, we have over 100 mentors on there from a range of backgrounds, some very inspiring senior business people who've kindly volunteered uh, to uh, provide mentoring sessions uh, using uh, video platforms, obviously, uh, for graduates who need it. So uh, very keen to get this word out there. If you can share and promote this as part of our campaign, hashtag help the COVID generation, that would be wonderful. Okay, thank you again to Alex uh, for giving us your time, sharing your insights, and again for uh, getting involved on the LinkedIn forum a bit later on today and maybe tomorrow. Um, we appreciate all our members uh, for coming along today, sharing your precious time. Have a great week and uh, see you next time. Thank you.